Hello, my dear friend. Today I bring you a story of some ships. This starts with a little request sent in the message. Please make a post about the story of the RMS Carpathia, because it's something that's almost always beyond belief, and more people should know about it. Carpathia received Titanic's distress signal at 12.20 a.m., April 15th, 1912. She was 58 miles away, a distance that absolutely could not be covered in less than four hours. Sidebar in brackets. Californian's exact position at that time is controversial. She was close enough to have helped. By all accounts, she was close enough to see Titanic's distress rockets. It's uncertain to this day why her crew did not respond or how many might not have been lost if she had been there. This is not the place for what ifs. This is about what was done. Carpathia's captain. Carpathia's captain. Ronston. Ronston had, yes, rolled out of bed instantly when woken by his radio operator ordered his ship to Titanic's aid, and confirmed the signal before he was fully dressed. The man had never in his life responded to an emergency call. His goal tonight was to make sure nobody who heard that fact would ever believe it. All of Carpathia's lifeboats were swung out, ready for deployment. Oil was set up to be poured off the side of the ship in case the sea turned choppy. Oil would coat and calm the water near Carpathia if that happened, making it safer for lifeboats to draw up alongside her. He ordered lights to be rigged along the side of the ship so survivors could see it better, and had nets and ladders rigged along her sides, ready to be dropped when they arrived, in order to let as many survivors as possible climb aboard at once. I don't know if his making provisions for there still being survivors in the water was optimism or not. I think he knew. They were never going to get there in time for that. I think he did it anyway, because, God, you have to hope. Carpathia had three dining rooms, which were immediately converted into triage and first aid stations. Each had a doctor assigned to it, hot soup, Coffee and tea were prepared in bulk in each dining room. And blankets and warm clothes were collected to be ready to hand out. By this time, many of the passengers were awake. Prepping a ship for disaster relief isn't quiet, and all of them stepped up to help, many donating their own clothes and blankets. And then he did something I tend to refer to as diverting all power from life support. Here's the thing about steamships. They run on steam. Shocking, I know, but that steam powers everything on the ship. And right now, Carpathia needed power. So Rostron turned off hot water and central heating, which bled valuable steam power to everywhere but the dining rooms, which, of course, were being used to make hot drinks and receive survivors. He woke up all the engineers, all the stokers and firemen, diverted all that steam back into the engines. 
and asked a ship to go as fast as she possibly could. And when she'd done that, he asked her to go faster. I need you to understand, you simply can't push a ship very far past its top speed. Pushing that much sheer tonnage through the water becomes harder with each extra knot past the speed it was designed for. Pushing a ship past its rated speed is not only reckless, it's difficult to maneuver, but it puts an incredible amount of strain on the engines. Ships are not designed to exceed their top speed by even one knot. They can't do it. It can't be done. Carpathia's absolute do or die. The engines can't take this forever. Top speed was 14 knots. Dodging icebergs in the dark and the cold, surrounded by mist. She sustained a speed of almost 17 and a half. No one would have asked this of them. It wasn't expected. They were almost 60 miles away with icebergs in their path. They had a responsibility to respond. They did not have a responsibility to do the impossible and do well. No one would have faulted them for taking more time to confirm the severity of the issue. No one would have blamed them for a slow and cautious approach. No one but themselves. They damn near broke the laws of physics, galloping north headlong into the dark in the desperate hope that if they could shave an hour, half an hour, five minutes off their arrival time, maybe for one more person, those five minutes would make the difference. I say, three people had died by the time they were lifted from the lifeboats. For all we know, in another hour, it might have been more. I say they made all the difference in the world. This ship and her crew received a message from a location they could not hope to reach in under four hours. Just barely over three hours later, they arrived at the Titanic's last known coordinates. Half an hour after that, at 4 a.m., they would finally find the first of the lifeboats. It would take until 8.30 in the morning for the last survivor to be brought on board. Passengers from the Carpathia universally gave up their berths, staterooms, and clothing to the survivors, assisting the crew at every turn and sitting with the sobbing rescuees to offer whatever comfort they could. In total, 705 people of the Titanic's original 2,208 were brought onto the Carpathia alive. No other ship would find survivors. At 12.20 a.m., April 15th, 1912, there was a miracle on the North Atlantic. And it happened because a group of humans, some of them strangers, many of them only passengers on a small and unimpressive steamliner, looked at each other and decided, I cannot live with myself if I do anything less. And I think the least we can do is remember them for it. well, my friend.